Hey, this is Trevor. And this is Rochelle. And welcome to Safe Retreat. Hiding in Safe Retreat. Hiding in Safe Retreat. So we are currently on the road to Prescott, Arizona from our home here in Phoenix. We are gonna spend a little bit of time together up there with her mom and a few other friends at our district camp meeting. It's a big fun time. I've actually never been. Rochelle, what is, what is camp meeting exactly? Camp meeting is all the churches from Arizona getting together and it used to be when I was little, it was one um, big week. I think it was like a Saturday all the way through to the next following Sunday. And you just do church twice a day, hang out away from your parents. And it was just fun being up in the mountains cooler in July. Yeah, that's for sure. Thinking about, it's like 93 degrees right now at eight o'clock in the evening. And we, I can't wait to get up to that 65 degree weather. I'm sick and tired of the heat. So we titled this episode, Long Distance Relationships, because uh, I kind of wanted to talk about what our, our relationship has looked like over the last two years. We've been married now for what, seven weeks? Uh, no, two, eight weeks. Oh, it's eight weeks now. Two oh man, can't even remember it's been so long. <laughs> No, we don't have we don't have nearly anything figured out. We're just doing life together and loving it. But we did survive basically an entire year away from one another uh, and managed to make it work. And so I thought, what a better way to kind of take on an episode than to tackle the idea of what does a long distance relationship work like? How does it how does it work? You know, why did we find success? Um, and yeah, now we're married for eight weeks seems like an eternity sometimes <laughs> um, but maybe you guys need a little bit of background on our story so Rochelle why don't you talk about 2006 and what that looked like from your perspective um, so in two th early 2006 um, in August uh, my family kind of got a little bit torn apart and a lot of stuff in my life got rearranged um, I was a typical, pretty selfish high school kid, and I got plugged into um, children's ministry at um, the church I grew up at, at Crossroads Nazarene, and I worked under Dana Spate, and that summer she needed a camp counselor because we had a lot of um, elementary school kids going up to the summer camp. Um, I think it was called Midler Camp. I don't know. It was a camp, little kids camp. And she needed another counselor. I wasn't working yet because I was 15 at the time, so I barely made the cut. And um, so I got to take up one of my small groups. And so I spent the summer up in Prescott at camps. So that, that's where I met Trevor. Because <laughs> um, his mom, he can tell you a little bit more about that, but his mom was the, or still is, the children's pastor at Oro Valley. So he was also a counselor but he was um staying by the girls dorms because he was a counsel a co-counselor with a man who used a wheelchair to get around and our area was paved so they got to stay by the girls cabins 
and I saw Trevor and I always thought he was super cute right when I saw him so yeah I think about some of those moments quite a bit actually <laughs> we uh I was I, I don't even know I don't know how I ended up in that co-counseling position next to the girls dorm uh but I'm so glad that we did it seemed like every single night we were out on the front lawn in front of the dorms just talking endlessly about going quadding and camping and what we liked and what we didn't like and yeah it was 2006 we just kind of hit it off at 15 just being silly goofy kids and that was kind of how it went for a few years we would go away she lived in Gilbert at the time and I lived down in Tucson um, and so we didn't I mean we're 15 we're kids we didn't have means of transportation to have a long distance relationship then but every summer we would see each other for what three four weeks at a time right yeah well and I saw you at um extra yeah all these we would see each other at events but then specifically in the summer it would be two or three weeks maybe even four weeks of back to back just seeing each other during the week and it just kind of hit it off I, I remember a moment a few years later my mom had to go to Phoenix for something and Rochelle and I were talking and kind of I guess you would say dating at the time and so I went up with my mom and she dropped me off, I think at like the Mills Mall or something no, like that. In-N-Out. Oh, she dropped oh, me off at In N Out, that's I-10. right. She dropped me off at the In N Out and Rochelle picked me up and we went out on a date and we saw a movie that I can't even remember. I don't remember. Rochelle that. paid, I remember that because my mom gave me so much grief that we went on a date and I didn't pay. I that was the last time I ever let a girl pay on a date. And was, we played Xbox at my house. We did, we, we played, played Xbox. Racing. Yes. It was just goofy and we were kids and we didn't we didn't know what we were doing, but we were just having fun. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, a few years later, after kind of high school was wrapping up and we had to make decisions about life, um, kind of drifted apart and we didn't talk as much. And, Rochelle, where did you go to school? Um, I, went to, I went to undergrad at Arizona State University. And then um, after I graduated from there, four days later, I left for um, Miami, Florida and got um, a, my doctorate degree out in um, Miami. Yeah, and I didn't, I knew what I wanted to do, but I wasn't the best student and I wasn't very smart, nor did I have money. So I went to community college in Tucson for a year and then transferred to a private school out in Kansas. And basically for seven years there, we were totally disconnected. Um, I dated on and off, but never really found anyone that really fit, uh, you know, spouse material. And I always was getting broken up with, so there was that. But um, I don't know. Did you date? Did you date anyone throughout college? Uh, I went on, like I think maybe two dates, but I was I didn't I don't know. Maybe I'm just too picky. But there wasn't I wasn't really interested. They're just the guy. I mean, like the there's great guys at ASU. There probably was, but I I knew I knew what I wanted, and none of the guys that I had met fit that. So I just didn't waste my time or theirs. So. Well, I think this is where we'll tell two stories, and it's the same story, but it's two stories <laughs> of when we started dating. Um, so it was 2016. Um, I had just moved up to Phoenix. So I had lived in basically Tucson. Outside of going to college, I had basically lived in Tucson 
for most of my adolescent life. And uh, I was offered a job in Tempe. I took it uh, January at the beginning of the year and moved up. And it was probably a few, like maybe two months before I actually changed my like location tag on Facebook uh, that I had moved. And so I ended up one, one evening, oh, I'll just change all my stuff. So I, I changed my, my location, I changed my, uh, my job, all the, in all the Facebook stuff that you do. And I would say not, not a week later did I get a message on Facebook from this girl. And I see it pop up during work one day and I'm busy. I think it was like a Tuesday. And um, so I didn't read it because I knew that if I opened it, she would see that I have read it, but I also couldn't respond right then. So I just decided not to read it. Uh, Tuesday went by, I forgot about it. Wednesday happened, which is one of my busy days. And I continue to forget until like what Thursday, it was like three days, um, did I finally get to it and I open it and I see a message from Rochelle and it says like, Hey, and I think it was like two messages like, Hey, and then I see you move to Phoenix or something like that. I can't remember exactly, but, um, I responded, Hey, how you doing? And we kind of just started chatting back and forth. Uh, she would like respond immediately and I would respond within hours, if not days, because I don't know, I was being dumb, but I also, I'm busy. Um, and so I, it took uh, about a week for us to finally get the ball rolling and, um, Rochelle invited herself over for dinner and she, well, she kept pushing, asking what I was doing. She's coming home. Her birthday was on the 5th of May. Um, she's home for a few days, uh, during that little break period between her, uh, spring and her summer sessions at, uh, University of Florida. Um, Miami, sorry. No, she's not a gator, right? No. Um, so, um, we do dinner. And so she, I told her that I liked sushi and she said, she told me she knew how to make sushi because <laughs> her friend from college taught her how to make sushi. Um, like so, literally that week. <laughs> so she came over, see, she came over and made me the worst sushi I've ever had. Um, we, we sat there and just chatted and laughed in my small little one bedroom apartment. Um, did we go see a movie that night too? Yeah, we went yeah, and saw we, we went and saw Captain America: Civil War. Yeah. Um, and it, it was just fun. We we got back and we just talked like all night long. Like four four or five in the morning comes around and she goes, "Oh my gosh, I need to I need to go home. My mom needs the car for work tomorrow." <laughs> Today. So yeah, so she um, that was May tenth, and we kind of just stamped stamped it as official because we just hit it off and. Uh, yeah, that's, let's hear what, how you perceive that situation, Rochelle. Um, so I was in one of my lectures in grad school and I sat in the back next to my best friend, Sarah, and you know, like your mind kind of wanders and so you'd always like go scroll Facebook and then get back to the lecture. Oh, like my lecturer said something important. I'll type it down. Okay, let's get back to Facebook. So, um, I was scrolling through Facebook and all of a sudden I see, um, Trevor J. Cherry Holmes moved to Tempe, Arizona. And I'm like, no way. I wonder if he remembers me. I wonder if he's still just as cute and charismatic as high school. And I wonder what he's been doing. So I kind of like looked through and I was like, okay, he doesn't have a girlfriend. Okay. I'm going to message him. I'm going to message him. So I like messaged him. I 
think I th- no, I waited. I think I might have oh, did I wait? I remember waiting until I got home that night because I had a cardio exam the next day. Cardio was pretty intensive class. So I studied all that night and everything. I think before I went to bed, I sent him a message and then I went and then I shut my phone off and I think I fell asleep for a couple hours but I got like too ex- like anxious and excited. So I turned my phone back on because I, sh- I used to shut my phone off every night because I didn't want anybody bugging me. So I turned my phone back on and Trevor responded and I was like, oh, okay, cool does remember me so that's awesome um so then I get this like I'm kind of a planner so I get this plan in my head of like hey I'm coming back I like I should see if he wants to hang out if he doesn't have a girlfriend like that'd be kind of cool to just catch up and like all my friends are gone I whenever I go back home because they're all in med school so I usually just end up hanging out with my family anyway and my mom and dad work so I was like maybe I could just entertain myself and find a friend so um I kept like kind of like trying to ask him like like, like, you know how, like, you try to, like, as a girl, like, you're trying to, like, mention him, but you don't, like, want to ask somebody because, like, I'm too direct. So I kept trying to, like, you know, tone it down a little bit and be like, hey, well, do you like hiking? Well, Trevor, come to find out, Trevor hates hiking. So that was the wrong question to ask him. So I was like, well, like, what are you doing? Like, tell me what you're doing. Like, invite me. But Trevor wouldn't invite me. And so we had gone, it was my birthday that week. So, like, my mom and I, like, probably went out for something and then, my brother, I think, tagged along, and then the next, and then a couple days passed, and we were going to the Kenny Chesney concert, Miranda Lambert concert at, um, the ballpark, and I told my mom, I was like, this boy is frustrating me to no end, mom, like, he is not giving me any room, like, he is not, like, he is not, like, I don't know if he's in, not interested, or if he's too busy, or he just doesn't care, like, I don't know how to get myself invited, or to, like, get a date, and I was like, this is the past the point of just I want free food like this is now like a challenge to get this boy to ask me to like coffee like just ask me to coffee so I should have asked if you like coffee though because you love coffee I should have asked the coffee question but I didn't so one of my best friends um my other he's a really good friend he lives in Georgia right now but Grant went with us because he was visiting some friends in Tempe too so we dropped Grant off and it's like 10 o'clock at night and I told my mom I was like I'm just gonna do it I'm just going to invite myself over. I was like, I'm so sick of this. I'm just going to invite myself over. And so what's a better way to invite yourself over than to make food? So um, I asked him what his favorite food was. He told me sushi. Lori, who is my roommate, she is half Japanese and gorgeous. Um, We had just done projects of like how to lecture. So we got to pick a topic and um, Lori picked her topic on how to make um, sushi rice. Because I guess there's like a certain special rice that they make with sushi. So I learned how to make sushi rice and Lori taught Sarah and I how to roll it up. So I was like, oh my gosh, like this is easy. I'll just go to the store and get some stuff and we'll go over to his house and it'll be fun because we can make it together and it'll be messy. It'll be fun. Like it won't be awkward because we'll like have something to do like make stuff and we'll just come over with sushi. So I spent the day like, I probably went to the gym and I made this rice. So I was like, I'm really so proud of myself. I was like, I did this right took all this stuff over because Trevor finally invited me over like yeah and it was so funny too because he's like you can come over after work so like I'm going over at like 7 30 8 o'clock at night to eat dinner usually I eat dinner around like 5 30 or 6 because I'm hungry but I waited and so like I'm like snaking through his apartment complex and like I can't find it and, like it's stressful because like a new area and I totally did the whole like turn my music down thing that didn't help but I found it and then I broke his knife 
So I also bought him a knife set off Amazon because I felt really bad for breaking his cruddy 80s, 1980s knife that probably was a hand-me-down from like five people. Um, but yeah, we just spent all night talking. And I, you know what? I've never, um, I've never, besides like having like really good girlfriends, I've never ever um, walked away from like a date or hanging out with a guy like that ever. Where I just felt like, yeah, like this, like I could do this for the rest of the week and for the probably like the rest of ever so I kind of made up my mind right then and there it was just easy like it was just the conversation just flowed and it was just it was just fun I didn't have to uh, filter who I was that first night which is a big thing for me because I don't have a very good filter of holding back <laughs> but yeah that's my side of the story so I just keep thinking about all those moments. Those are good moments. But, um, so we, it was, what, two days later that you left? I left, no, a week later. I got to hang around for another week. Because I went to, I went to church with you and I went to, um, to Wednesday nights with you. That's right. Yeah, I went to two churches and a Wednesday night and then I had to go home. There was one, it was one week, but then she left back for Miami and, um, yeah, and then so that was the start of our long-distance relationship. We um, we basically got together. We decided we liked each other enough, had, uh, had enough things in common to kind of make it happen. But neither of us, I think, in those moments realized, oh, yeah, we have to go back. I think maybe in the back of Rochelle's mind you did. But yeah. in mine it was like, oh, yeah, we're starting another relationship this will be fine and then you left um and so on a scale of one to ten Rochelle what how difficult was it leaving and then what was it it was three months right uh, yeah it's like two or three months so on a scale of one to ten how hard was the first time that you had to leave um probably I think it was more like a it was probably like a five because I because you're just so excited and you're just like oh yeah like I don't know you have such high hopes and like you're always forward thinking so I was probably like a five so like I knew I was gonna see you again so it was probably like a five for me that's good I would say it's a two for me because my life went back to exactly how it was yeah <laughs> I was really bad at communicating back then too so that didn't help but um so then it was like two or three months later and so August came um and what that was the retreat right yeah i can't or, or I, I spent two weeks i don't know why but i had two weeks or a week no i had two because i met your we spent time with your that college was just, ministry. I just, I think it was just one week was it just one week because it was, it one, it was a weekend week? yeah it was a weekend then we went home for the week oh, so rochelle great. got rochelle got back in friday night like super late no, and then wednesday it was or no thursday no, we left Friday. Really? Yeah, so she got in Friday. Well, we left Friday. So it's Thursday night, super late. Rochelle yeah. gets in, back into town, and then we end up, we pack up, and we leave at like 5 a.m. Oh, so Friday um, to go to Sholo with the college group that I grew up with uh, at Oro Valley. And we spent the weekend in Sholo, 
and then after we drove home and it was just a great 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 weekend Wait, away home to Tucson. yeah we went home to tucson to and so well, i already knew janelle yeah we yeah we, she had already known my family it was just it had been almost seven or eight years to that point so we connect and we uh, spend the whole week together basically and then you go back after a week right yeah i flew back because i started up the next half of summer that's right and so we had a week together and no, then that was the break between summer and fall starting that was that's why i had that break it was the it was the end of summer and the beginning of fall that's yeah. what it was okay but so after but so it was after the time that we didn't we got to spend a lot of time together but it wasn't it was only a, a fleeting moment really oh, yeah. for what it was so you go back and so then now round two away how how on a scale of one to ten how much more difficult was it to go from august to october oh man i think like a, a seven because i was getting more i was more attached i was more sure of how i felt and i kind of already had like when I go all in, like, I go all in. So I was already, like, committed and pretty, like, deep into the whole, like, okay, we're in this for the long haul kind of thing. So, like, a se- it was probably, like, an eight, seven or an eight. I think for me it was, like, a four. And not because I'm some dumb guy, but in the back of my mind after all that, it was great. But then she left again. Um, and I kind of just got lost in my work. And I just kind of put my head down and just started working on we did our own youth retreat and then we had uh, my best friend was getting married this October and so I was doing a lot I was I was the best man of his wedding and so I was doing a lot for that and just I was busy and so for me it wasn't hard it was just it, it became hard once October came around and so October Rochelle came back for one weekend right yeah I flew in Right basically after. the last weekend of yeah. October. Yeah, Halloween weekend. And so she flies in Friday night, to right? Tucson. Yeah, you fly into Tucson. This is how crazy that whole that whole weekend was. I was I'm dumb, but at the same time it was it made for an interesting weekend. But so Rochelle, I'm I go down to Tucson I think after Wednesday night. night yeah, I'm there you. Wednesday night for wedding stuff, Thursday for the wedding stuff and then we get Friday off uh, kind of had a day between the the wedding ceremony prep uh, the rehearsal dinner and all that and then the actual wedding so Rochelle comes in but I have a hockey game in Phoenix Friday night at 11 yeah. right and yeah. so Rochelle gets in her plane gets delayed it's on the tarmac forever and I'm stressing out I didn't even have to go I really just shouldn't have went but I picked her up and we jetted from South Tucson by the airport all the way up to Phoenix. We stopped by my by my office for whatever reason because that's where my gear was, and then went and played hockey. I think we lost, and then Rochelle drove us home, and I was tired. Um, it was just a crazy weekend. Then the wedding happens on Saturday, and um, you worked on Sunday, and then I worked on Sunday, so I had to be. I had to be back in Phoenix on Sunday. Uh, well, really Saturday night, and Rochelle flew out that Sunday morning. Um, so during this moment, it was so obvious that Rochelle was all in. She was totally committed, like she said. Um, she was so ready for 
for everything. She was ready for the future. She was in, like she said, just threw herself into it. I never pressured you, though. That's the thing. I never pressured during the wedding. So, and that's, it's true, but at the same time, she didn't even have to pressure me because we're at a wedding and it's all lovey-dovey and my buddy Jake and Alex love them to death. It was a great, great time, but I started to feel this anxiety that, um, that, oh, at the wedding, like, this is going to happen. We're going to, this is us. We're next. Like, I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready for this commitment. Um, when people were asking Yeah, people kept asking, oh, when are you guys going to get married? It was just, like, constant bombardment by this. And it was not, like, it's not a bad thing, but to tap it all off, that was literally the same weekend that a year ago my past girlfriend had broke up with me for no reason and just disappeared off the face of the earth. And so with the anxiety of, I'm not sure if I'm ready to get married, everyone asking if we're getting married, um, and then to have the reminisce, my brain going back and thinking about all the stuff that happened the year prior, I just had a kind of a basic meltdown. And the first, what would you say, 10 minutes of the car ride or 15 minutes, it was silent? The first 15? Uh, well, yeah, I think when we left was, the wedding. Yeah, we were, just talk- we were just small talking. Just small talking, like, how is the weather? Like, you... It was just awkward. Like, both of us, I feel like it was just... We both knew something was up. Well, I knew something was up because I was going to drop the bomb. But I think Rochelle... I don't know. I don't know. What did, how did you perceive that? I'm just... I, I was just tired and ready to go to bed. I don't know. I, I, didn't, I don't remember <laughs> the pre-bomb dropping. I, don't, I just remember talking. That was it. I guess it was more my internalized... I think so. ...destruction <laughs> think that was going so. on. But so... After 15 minutes in, I don't even I don't even remember the conversation we had honestly, but it I basically said, "I don't know if I'm ready for this. I'm scared. I feel like you're pressuring me into this even though she wasn't." Um, but it was other people around me that were, and I just kind of I didn't break up with her, but it was like that's almost what it felt like, would you say, right? Yeah. And like I always had told Trevor like even from the start like I told him I'd never break up with him, and then when he wanted to call it, we could we would call it, and I'd leave on good terms. Like I, I'm not good at holding grudges, and you know, like if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. It's nobody's fault. So I guess this was, I don't know. In my mind, I was just, I don't know. I was just trying to make sense of it. I'm trying to, I was trying to tease out all the pieces of it. So and the emotional part. So that was where I was. So we got home and. I just, I dropped the bomb and I, I mean, I was exhausted from the con, like my dumb decision to drive back and forth to go play hockey and then do all the wedding stuff and then have to be ready for work the next morning. Um, we didn't spend much time talking and Rochelle just left. And the last, I think the last thing that we had said to get together was, um, you know, like I'm a, I'm sorry or something. I don't even know. There was like not many words spoken towards the end and then you left. Yeah. Um, so, on a scale to, scale of 1 to 10 from October to now, what, December? Or was it Thanksgiving? It was it's Thanksgiving, right? I came right? down. You wanted me. I almost, I, I almost turned in my tickets and not did not go to Thanksgiving. I was, I got so, it's so sad, but I got to the point where, like, you know, like, it's such an emotional toll because I'm isolated in Miami with my two roommates and Sarah, my best friend, who I'm constantly talking to about this. Not all the time because I don't want to bug her. But, you know, like, you're constantly thinking about it and trying to, like, you're left alone in your thoughts. And, you know, I talked to my mom. My mom and I are, like, open with each other. So I was talking to my mom and my and my 
and my dad Doug about it all the time and like I just didn't know what to do I was like but he wants me to come down for Thanksgiving I already I already bought my ticket because in grad school I had to um, pre-plan my finances so I had already pre-planned all my traveling and my travel expenses into the loan amount that I requested so I had bought these Thanksgiving tickets back when Trevor invited me I think in August so I had bought these tickets on sale with my miles and so I was I was this close to just being like you know what I'm done like I can't I can't keep pouring into someone if they can't give me it back so I almost canceled it but then I didn't because I was like you know what let's just go meet his grandparents his grandparents his aunt were gonna be there and I knew he was having a tough time at work you know like juggling everything so I was like you know what I'll just go this will be like kind of like the because then I think you told me you would know by know by Thanksgiving or something you said give me to Thanksgiving it was either Thanksgiving or Christmas you said like give me some time to figure this out we'll talk in Thanksgiving like more like more about it face to face and this is where I figured out that Trevor's a face-to-face person Trevor's not Trevor can text but it's not his favorite thing and talking on the phone is not his favorite thing because it's hard he needs a concrete thing with someone with like a like he needs like the facial expressions and like the the touch and the physical like you need he needs the physical aspect of it so that's where I learned this about him so then it so Thanksgiving came so well what was what was the level one to ten between that month and, and a half oh, period leaving? yeah oh I think like probably back to a five because you kind of just I was preparing myself for it I was preparing myself for the letdown so it was probably like a five because I just I just at that point I was like yeah it is what it is I don't know I don't know what's gonna happen and this might have all been just something that didn't wasn't meant to last so for me now all that Rochelle said is exactly how it happened but for me I was definitely at a nine at that point with kind of my stress and my anxiety with it um, like she said, work was really hard. Um, I was getting, I was tired um, all the time. I wasn't sleeping well. Um, there was expectations of me that I, I felt like I wasn't meeting, even though that probably wasn't true. I was probably just doing just fine. And on top of this, I had just basically, I felt like I just destroyed this girl's heart, um, who I actually, I did care about. I actually cared about, and I, I didn't get the words out that I wanted to say, and so that month and a half was super stressful for me and I met with a great friend Mike and talked to him a few times about what the future could look like he gave me some great advice and kind of like he said get 20 things down that you you want in your future spouse and if she meets at least 15 of those then you should really commit to try to working this out Um, so I kind of wrote down that mental checklist and Rochelle met almost all of them if not all of them I can't even remember um And so I knew that I needed to figure this out because honestly what had happened was in in August when we had the retreat together and she went down to Tucson, it clicked and I just knew that she could be the one for me, that she could be the one that I married and just spent the rest of my life with. But I didn't tell her that. And I was scared to tell her that because I was scared of the commitment. I was scared of getting burnt again. I was scared... um, that if I said yes to this, that maybe something better would come by it, which is so dumb to think. It's so dumb that I thought that. But 
for whatever reason I did and I tried to vocalize that in October and it just fell apart so then so then Thanksgiving came and it was such a it was so much better of a time I would say right like it was it was stressful for me because the whole time I'm thinking that like I can't I love Trevor's family I love everybody I love Annie I love Tyler I love his parents I love his grandparents his aunts were there and his aunts his cousins and I was loving everybody I was like but I can't I can't get attached because I don't know where Trevor's gonna be at the end of this like I had no security of what was gonna happen I had no security if it was gonna be a no like Trevor didn't want this anymore and I had no security of like it gonna be a yes like he wanted to tough this out with me so it was stressful for me because I felt like I had to walk around eggshells on him and be the perfect person and perfect girlfriend so I had fun but it wasn't the um best holiday I've ever had and I felt I honestly I felt alone so it was hard for me but it was still fun like I loved meeting everybody and it was fun but it was I felt I felt alone yeah so I think that is kind of when the nail was just sunk into the coffin of my relationship with Rochelle that I knew that's a terrible analogy, but that I knew (laughs) she was the one because of the way that she interacted with my family, even feeling those emotions. Cause we had sat by the pool one evening and she had said that, that she felt alone. And I thought I just felt terrible because I couldn't, I couldn't express it to her any way to make her feel better other than saying yes I'm in it but I was scared to say those words but at the same time in the back of my mind I knew it was true because of how she interacted with my family how she still loved me and still fought for me and and that was kind of our the swing for me at least to get on that same all-in level that she was at and what it was a weekend again and then you took off and off for Thanksgiving and then it was another month or no three weeks until I saw you again yeah, and I came back for Christmas so what was what was that level between a one and a ten for that one uh it was still probably like a, a six or seven because I still was really like stressed about what what was going to happen and you know it's Christmas so you're like spending time with each other and families and and I was going to go back down again with Trevor to go to Tucson after we spent stuff some Christmas stuff with my family and I didn't know if we were, we were just, I didn't know if Trevor was just hanging on just to hang on because he didn't want to hurt me. So it was probably like a six or seven because I still, I love, I love spending time with Trevor. And I knew at this point I had, I loved this guy, but I didn't know if he loved me. So I still, I, I decided, I made a decision on the way back to Miami from the Thanksgiving in Arizona that I was still going to fight for it even if he wasn't and then when he called it I would be done and I wouldn't have any hard feelings that's where I was I was probably like a six or seven I would say I was probably exactly the same my anxiety went down because I started to feel better about things but I knew that I had hurt her and that there had to be a rebuilding of our trust basically and kind of almost starting from scratch it wasn't like the initial honeymoon stage that was in May wore off completely and really it came down to scrounging and really desiring like I had to make the conscious decision that I wanted this that I wanted this relationship and I had to start to fix it and then so three weeks went by and I don't think a lot changed in that uh, but we had a couple weeks together right 
Was that how it was? Was for it Christmas? Yeah, was it in like two weeks? Oh, like two and a half weeks. Yeah, two and a half weeks. And so we went out and had a really fancy dinner that Rochelle paid for yeah, on the rock. Enough. And um, had just a great night and more long winded conversations that kept us up way later than we should have been. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I don't remember much other than I think I was trying to really help convince her that I wasn't done, that I was going to keep fighting for it, right? Yeah. And I think in that moment is kind of where I came out and talked about where how much I was struggling in my job, that I was tired and beat down and stressed, and that I just wanted her to be there, right? Yeah. Um, and so, like, two and a half weeks later, you go right back to Miami, right? Yeah. And how long were you there again? Were you there until March? Um, I was in, I, no, I went back, remember I went back on the 30th, because on the 31st I moved up to St. Petersburg. Right. No, but you didn't say, you didn't tell them the part. Which part? On Christmas Eve. Remember what you were saying in my drive port? Oh yeah, oh, so, Rochelle had said since the first day, since May 10th, 2016, that she loved me. She said, told you. she said, I love you, I love you, and I said, well, I like you a lot. Or and then what did what did I know? Yeah, and I would say I know. I like I try to be like Han Solo. It was silly, but um, I think what had happened was before October, I had started saying it back. But at during that October moment After where that, that was I so rocky, I basically said that I didn't actually know if I actually loved her, but I still liked her. It was such a bomb. I just totally ruined everything for a moment. But so Christmas Eve in Rochelle's drive port before I drove home to Tucson to spend some time with my family. I told Rochelle that one of the gifts that I was giving her on top of whatever else I got you was that I love you. And I meant it. And I just remember she cried and we hugged and kissed and she didn't want me to go, but I had to go because it was like 1130. And I was going to be down there in a couple of hours yeah. anyway. And so, so after Rochelle left, then she started um, her, what are they called? They're not practicum. Oh, it's my um, internships. Internships, basically. So she she went back to Miami for like a week or, or two. No, two days. Yeah, oh, yeah. Two, I know I went for a day and packed up the rest of my yeah. stuff, packed then, up my car and drove to and St. Then, yeah, Petersburg. She packed everything up and left and went to St. Petersburg. So she was there for six weeks. I was sick there for six weeks total, but I, I saw you one time during that. I flew home one time for like, something. I can't even remember what I it can't was. Remember what it but from basically from that moment on, I think we were on the same level of like neither of us were stressed or anxious about the relationship anymore. We were just excited to see each other. We couldn't wait until those moments that we got to be with one another. And so she was in St. Pete for a while doing great work. Is that the neuro clinic, right? Um, to the that's um, the children's hospital. Children's yeah, hospital, she yeah. was at the children's hospital there doing great things, and then um, she came. She, I remember, she flew home and she, she, like, sent her car on a on a <laughs> shipped my car shipped her car on a truck with all the stuff in it. She <laughs> hid it because there wasn't supposed to be stuff in it. So she flew home. A few days later, she got her car, and we had like what a week together, maybe not even yeah, a week before I went to LA. And it was just great, and we were connecting, and I was telling her my plans. I was feeling better. During this time, my boss had just left um, around April, and so it was... Mid-April. It was 
crazy because I became the boss for a moment. Uh, I wasn't really the boss. We had there was four of us kind of in charge, but I was the only full time staff member. So I was kind of the guy, the day to day guy, and I started preaching more. And that was one of the times she just flew out and and watched me. No, I didn't fly. I drove. Remember? I was oh in yeah, LA. I drove. She just drove. Yeah, she was out in LA for at the neuro clinic, and she drove out to watch me preach one Sunday and drove back, <laughs> and finally May rolls around and. She gets home and she's done and she's home. And so we decide all together, Penny, Doug, me and Rochelle, we all fly out and go to Miami to watch Rochelle graduate. And we spent a couple days in Miami and just had a great time. I got my first Cuban sandwich, the Cubano, and had Cuban coffee and just had such a great time. And, um, my brain started to, to tick on how am I going to get this girl to marry me? I'm broke. Uh, I just moved in with my siblings in a house. I spent all my money to get to that point. Um, and I literally, I think I had like $300 in my savings and nothing in my checking. I just kept, there was, I just couldn't save because I wasn't making enough and I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, in a good spot financially. Um, and so I kept thinking, I don't know how I'm going to propose to Rochelle, but I want to. Um, and so I think it was a few weeks later, I talked to Penny about it, her mom, and she had brought up the idea of taking her old wedding ring that still had 20 some diamonds in it and smelting it down and making a new ring using those diamonds. Um, and so up to that point, I had started saving money and I was, I was better off, but I still wasn't near in a, in a good enough place that I sh- should have been. But, um, and we bought a dog. Yeah. And then we got a dog in June and we had camps and just, we were just doing life together. We were just spending basically every day together when I wasn't working. Um, and Rochelle wasn't studying for her PT test. Um, we were spending time together. She worked at a farm with her parents for a while. Um, and finally... Um, she passed her PT test and got into this awesome facility uh, to start off. Um, and that's when I really started to work on this ring concept. Um, I didn't have anything planned in the fall for our youth yet. Usually we did like a fall retreat. And I thought back to August when we went to Sholo together and how that kind of just clicked for me. And I just thought that she could be the one. So I basically spur the moment like nine weeks out plan this event to go to Sholo in October Um, and so I get all the kids excited I invite another youth group so we'll have multiple sponsors so if I had to go away for a bit I could Um, and I've got the ring under construction I took all the diamonds and I ended up eventually almost taking two thousand dollars on a credit from K to build this ring. I, I totally customized it. I'm bragging now, it was, but it's, a really it's awesome. Um, and I got it all ready. I, t- I talked to Penny and Doug and told them the plan. So they were planning to come up to Sholo. Um, and so October comes and basically from June to October, Rochelle had been poking fun that I would never propose. And I agreed. I said, of course, I don't have the money. I don't have the time. I said the earliest that I could ever think that I could ever propose propose to you would be March, 2018, because I'm just broke. I just don't have any money. She's like, well, give me a ring pop. You could give me a ring pop. And I would say yes. 
And I'm like, no, I'm old fashioned. It needs to be good. I need, I need to treat you like a princess. She's totally clueless. October comes, we go on the retreat. I go to K Jewelers Thursday night before, and I told Rochelle that I had a meeting. I get there and the ring is not done. It got, something happened in the smelting process and it broke. And it was gonna take them another four weeks to reconstruct. So I didn't have a ring um, to take with me to Sholo to propose. Luckily, I knew that she, being a doctor of physical therapy, couldn't work with a real diamond ring, so I bought her a silicone ring just to have on the side. I wasn't going to propose to her with it. I was just going to give it to her as a gift to have to, so she could wear it at work. Turns out this is going to be the <laughs> ring. It's purple. It's, it's small. I had it engraved with the date, luckily, but I just I tried what I could and I was so embarrassed but everyone was on board I got a guy named Phil uh, shout out to Phil you are an amazing photographer he got to come on the trip with us with his youth group uh, at Mesa our dog came our do- I, I would never ever ever bring a pet on a trip <laughs> but I made it work I brought my dog with us so I, everyone knows at this point, all of the kids, Rochelle's parents, my family, my siblings, everyone knows that I'm proposing. The whole church. To, everyone knew that I was proposing to Rochelle on this trip, except for Rochelle. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to one day, seven or eight years from now, Rochelle's going to tell me she knew the whole time and didn't want to make me I a mad. I had no idea. I literally had no idea. No one said one word to me. So I told Penny and Doug I was going to do it nine, ten in the morning on Saturday after breakfast the girls showed up earlier than expected and everybody's kind of wandering around the sun is ru- has risen on the lake um, it's like 8 eight thirty. uh we're starting to eat but i mean i'm just getting anxious i just want to pop the question but rochelle's parents still aren't there nine o'clock rolls around they're still not there um and i think rochelle said that her parents her parents were like still an hour or so away and I was like oh, I don't want to wait because I really want to take the shot when the sun is kind of reflecting off the lake onto the nice autumn trees um, I got to do it now for the pictures I probably should have waited in hindsight for the pictures uh, because fine. Penny was not happy with me that I didn't wait until she was there she but was fine after. she was fine after yes but I should have waited to have them involved but the pictures turned out amazing so I say, hey, let's go walk the dog. We'll let all the other adults watch the kids. Breakfast is cooking. Breakfast was cooking. So we start walking the dog, take him around the little path. And I go, hey, let's go down by the lake. So I had this whole thing planned. I, I already knew where I wanted the picture shot. I already told Phil about it. It's like a steep drop off. I didn't really plan that. <laughs> so We're the dog I jumped down. Rochelle hands the dog. Yeah. He, I, we pass him down. He's freaking out. We get down to the cove and we just kind of stand there and she's hugging me and we're talking. And I say, hey, do you remember last October? And I brought back up that kind of painful moment that I caused. And I said, I really want to make it up to you. And she's like, you don't have to do it. You're fine. I forgive you. Everything's good. I said, no, I really want to make sure that when you think of October, that it's not that memory. And I got down on one knee and I asked Rochelle to be my wife. What were you thinking in that moment, Rochelle? 
level for us scaling these rocks to get the dog over. So we finally get Chance down. And we're sitting on a rock looking over at the lake. And we're talking kind of like what the year is going to hold and what it's going to look like and the youth and just our vision and stuff. And uh, <laughs> Trevor has Chance's leash in his hand. And Chance is kind of wanting to go over and see some bush. I don't know. Our dog likes to sniff. So... I'm kind of like watching Chance. I see him kind of get a little anxious and want to move. And so Trevor, I, I didn't know at the time, but Trevor lets the leash go. And so I'm like, oh, Chance. And so I, my body turns and I get Chance. And then when I turn back around to look at Trevor, he's on my knee. And so I, at, I the, my first gut, like, my, or my first reaction is like, okay, he's kidding because he did this to me before in our in his front yard at the rental we were walking chance we came back one night and he goes oh yeah okay and and he's been doing this to me like three or four times like throughout the year like when I had moved back so three or four times within that like six month period of me moving back Trevor's been pulling my leg and like getting down one knee to like tie his shoe or pick something up I dropped or put the leash on chance so like this isn't new so I turn around I see him on one knee and I, 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 like, I didn't, my first reaction is like, oh my gosh, he's kidding. And then I realized that he's not kidding. And it, it was, it's like one of the best surprises ever. And then I realized why Annie asked me if I was going to put makeup on that morning. And I said no. <laughs> so I didn't have any makeup on. I had mascara on. But, um, I think it was just one of, one of those perfect moments because we had all our, our youth groups up there. We had really good friends, and Trevor's siblings were up there who were like my siblings, and I knew my parents were coming up, and my, our dog was there. So I don't know. It was just one of those perfect moments, like that you you can never replicate ever again. It's just perfect. I forgot to mention that I asked my sister to make sure that they did their nails the night before. Oh yeah, we did a guys and girls night, and that they would put makeup on in the morning, and they would teach them how to do minimalist makeup. Uh, because I wanted Rochelle to look great. And she didn't even wear makeup, and she still I, looked amazing. I put mascara and cover-up on and some blush, but nothing. Like, we're camping. I'm not yep. going to put makeup on. So, that's our story with this long distance. If you could give people two pieces of advice on how to maintain a long-distance relationship, Rochelle, how, what would you say to someone? Um, maybe, maybe... To a guy and then to a girl. Just one piece of advice for each person. I think to a guy, I would say it's definitely going to be outside of your comfort zone. And you're going to really have to trust if you have trust issues. But you have, you're going to have to trust and you're really going to have to put yourself out there more than if it was a face-to-face dating. Because you can't read body language over a phone or over texting. And you you need to almost overcare and ask like how's your day because you're not there to see the day and like girls like to like girls like girls like to know that you um care about them and what went on in their day and you might get a long answer that you don't want but it means everything to them and then to the girls I think I would say that don't go in it half-hearted because if you're gonna go in it half-hearted and half-committed, like it's not, it's not gonna be worth it. And it's already, it's already half, like destined to fail halfly because you're not fully committed. Um, 
I think I learned a lot from it. I learned, I would never take it back. I think I learned a lot from long distance. I learned a lot about Trevor. I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about communication. And I learned a lot about being um, selfless because um, I had to budget my finances to go to see him and which I could have, you know, not used or used on stuff that I, I don't know. I don't know, but I had a budget. And then, um, also I had to rearrange my schedule sometimes, um, cause I wanted to talk to him. So I had to rearrange my schedule, study schedule sometime or like take time out of like my break at work when I'd work on Fridays or nannying or, um, step away from like, we'd, we'd go out to parties during grad school we'd go out at night or we'd go to like house parties and so I had to step away be like hey guys I gotta go call Trevor um and take time out of my busy wife to talk to Trevor because I wanted to hear about it um I think also there's another thing I was gonna say um oh and just because you're in a long distance relationship don't let anybody minimize that um because it's still just as much as a relationship. I think when you tell people that, like, oh, he lives in another state, like, sometimes you just get, like, looks or people are just like, oh, like, mm, it's not real. But it is. Like, it, it, it's what you make it. So don't let anybody minimalize your relationship because you guys are 12,000 miles apart. And for me, I think gents... Um, you need to care more than you've ever cared about someone and you need to ask questions even when you think they should just tell you that without you asking you should you should actually push yourself to care and then you should trust that if you're in a committed relationship you need to be committed but you need to trust that they're going to be committed um that you don't need the the dark thoughts of cheating or um, if she'd really committed in the back of your mind. Just push those out, trust her, love her, and, and go the extra mile. I think that's where I, for the first half of our long-distance relationship, really slipped up. Um, I just assumed she was going to tell me about her day. I didn't, I didn't realize that she wanted me to ask. She was going to tell me regardless if I asked or not, but she cared that I cared. And if I cared, that means I would ask her, not just assume she would tell me. Um, and that, that continues into our married life. I, Yes, we see each other every day now, and we get to share a bed. Um, but I have to ask her how her day is, not because she'll, she won't tell me or she will, but because I actually care about how her day went. Um, and ladies, I would say, uh, like Rochelle said, go into it 100%. Don't half-heart it, because just like you know when a guy isn't being a fully in so do we we don't we know when you're not being fully committed but at the same time cut us some slack we uh not and this is stereotypical but most of us aren't super emotional creatures we aren't great at the the lovey-dovey the talking all that we just want to be with you um before we started this podcast, I just said, you know, I can't wait to just be with you this weekend. I don't, it's not that I even want to go anywhere. I could be at home or we could be in Prescott. I just want to be with you. Um, I think one of the big things that 
challenged us in our in our long distance relationship was our physical touch was we had none for months at a time and I'm not even talking about sex or anything I'm just talking about being able to hold her hand or, or smell her hair as creepy as that might sound the 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 things that we take for granted in a relationship that we that is in the same community um that long distance is gone you you can't touch someone over skype you can't snuggle someone over um over the phone and um that's hard but that gave me a totally different perspective to how i need to love rochelle um because i know that i can hug her after a hard day and kiss her on the cheek and tell her she's beautiful and that will make her feel good but when I truly care about her day and take the time to listen um, and not always give advice but just actually just listen for a moment and let her vent it out I think sometimes and I don't know what do you think sometimes do you feel more love when I just care rather than when I grab you and kiss you I mean yes you feel love but yeah I think it's it's the it's the time the taking the time to listen and I know it's dumb. I know my complaining is dumb or like, you know, the way I felt like maybe something happened at work and then two hours later I'm like, oh, it wasn't so bad, but I still vent about it. It's just that he's willing um, to listen. And I hope I I do the same for you. You know, I like listening. I like listening to Trevor's, like the good and the bad and, you know, the neutral. I like listening to all of it. So I think that's, yeah, I'd say, yeah. I know we don't have all the answers, um, and if anything, this might have left you more confused if you're currently in the midst of a long-distance relationship, but there is hope. Uh, We are proof that you can last, that you can make it work, that a long-distance relationship is a viable option. Though the world and though many people will say it's not even worth it, um, it was for us. Uh, We just both had to be 100% committed, and I think... After Thanksgiving for us back in 2016, I think a long time ago, that's when I that's when I truly committed, and things were just great after that. They really were. Um, It was less stressful. So much less stressful, but there was still stress. There was still anxiety. There was still fears and doubts throughout. But it was just knowing and committing to Rochelle and Rochelle knowing and committing to me that we loved one another and we wanted to make it work, right? Yeah. So, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, If you're listening on the Anchor app, there is a way that you can respond. And so if you have any feedback or questions, uh, we might be able to jump back on and tackle some of those next time. But thanks for checking it out. My name's Trevor. I'm with my wife, Rochelle. And this is Safe Retreat. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys later.